Couple Advisory Solutions is an SEC-registered investment advisor and only transacts business in states where the firm is properly registered or is excluded or exempt from registration requirements. I wish that our stock market were as honest as every casino I go into. The gambling propensity is strong in people to do mathematically unintelligent things. Welcome to Libel on Fire with Libel Sternbach, the financial independence and retirement show dedicated to helping you build the life of your dreams as fast as possible with as little stress as possible. Libel Sternbach is the author of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity. Libel's advice has been featured in countless publications, including Reader's Digest, USA Today, Yahoo Finance, CNN Business, Investment News, and and Market Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Libel on Fire. Hi again, everybody. I'm Freddie Bell, and I'm with the Libel Sternbach. Who is he? Well, he is the best-selling author of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity. He's been featured in countless publications, including Reader's Digest, USA Today, Investment News, Market Watch, Libel, I am uh, warmed up just by thinking about all of your credentials in light of the weather that we are experiencing this week. Uh, Welcome to the show, and I'm so glad that you're with us as we talk about some really important uh, uh, situations dealing with anxiety. We have it on so many different fronts, and we're going to talk about it in terms of how we deal with it with the financial uh, instruments that we have in front of us. Hello, and welcome back to the program. Hey, how are you doing today? Unbelievable. And I'm excited to get into talking about this. I've been hearing a lot about market uncertainty. We've been hearing about uh, uh, building a a better financial foundation in terms of the United States and inflation and all the rest of it. There's been a lot of alarming news recently about how the market seemed to have gotten a little crazier as investors. I'm wondering, what should I be thinking uh, I, I don't have a huge nest egg, and I'm, I'm talking for the people who are listening to us this weekend. What do I do? Do I put things on hold during all this volatility, or do what do I do? So that is a, is a really great question, right? I mean, they, you always got to be asking yourself, what do I do now? <laughs> and the, the answer that I always have, and this is, this is the, it doesn't really matter what the decision is. But the question I always ask is, has anything changed since I last made this decision? When I put my money into the market or whether I, you know, whatever car I chose or whatever, it doesn't matter what the decision is. I mean, I literally use this for every decision in life. My question is, is has anything changed to make me reevaluate this decision? Is there something different about the fundamentals of and, and I don't care about the fundamentals of life. What I care about, the fundamentals that I base my decision on, have those changed. So let's talk about fundamentals as they are related to investments and volatility. What is the reason that we invested in the market? Right Now, I can tell you from an academic standpoint, there is only one reason to invest in the market. And that is because historically, the market always goes up. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you know why the market always goes up? The true answer is Libel Sternbach, who's on fire. I do not. Okay. <laughs> I have to tell you, so, I, do, I do not know. 
I don't think most people know the answer to this question. And it's it the the answer to this question I think will surprise most people, but if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. The reason why the stock market and to me, why the United States stock market and the global stock market will generally always increase and it will always increase in the long run is because we keep making babies. The <laughs> population of the world hold constantly increases. Hold on. It goes up. <laughs> I got to contain myself, Libel, because we keep making babies. That, that, Seriously? That's- Correct. Yep. Because we keep making babies. Because what what is the first thing that a baby needs? It needs food, right? Yes. It needs sustenance. It is a consumer. We have built a consumer-based society. Mm-hmm. So as long as the world works and our economy functions, because one person has something that another person needs, and we will exchange value to get that something. And as long as there are more consumers... Then there are producers, which is the definition of having babies, then market will always go up. Now, to me, a little bit of a frightening statistic is that our birth rate has gone down. And China is facing a, a real problem where their, their, their population growth has decreased so significantly that they're now paying people to have babies. So long term, you know, in 50 years from now, that might be a problem that we don't have enough babies. But for right now, the world population is continuing to grow. And as long as we provide people an opportunity to work and to consume goods and we don't move to a socialist planned economy, the stock market is going to continue. Now, unless we become uh, you know, a socialist planned economy, a planned economy where individual input and individual effort is not rewarded, um, then the our economy is always going to grow, which means that the stock market where uh, private companies go to get funding from the public is always going to grow because there is going to be more goods that need to be produced, more companies and more value to be delivered. And you can participate in that growth by giving companies money to fuel that growth and owning a piece of that growth. Now, if we do go to a planned economy where things are private, are public, and private endeavors and individual uh, endeavors are not rewarded, then you know we have problems. But you probably won't be too concerned about it because your money will be seized by the state and all become public anyways. So uh, it doesn't really matter at that point. Your your examples are really interesting. So you know what? You give me solace in the fact that as long as we're making babies, that everything should still be okay. But is that enough? Uh, is that information enough liable to take the anxiety out of dealing with the market? So it, it will not do anything for your anxiety. I don't think so. But what um, the way I look at it, right? I always try to reframe the question. So when I when I get worried about the market or any decision I make, I look at it and I say, okay, well, why did I invest in it, right? I, I, I thought this was a good decision because I needed my money to grow, right? I, I invested it um, because I need my money to increase more than inflation and I need a certain amount to live on for retirement. So whatever those decisions that led you to the conclusion that investing in the market was the right thing to do. 
And if you don't have a series of questions led you to that answer, then you're going to always be asking yourself the question of, should I get out? Should I do something different? Because you didn't have really a valid reason for investing in the market. But if you have a valid reason for investing in the market and you have valid questions that got you to the conclusion that investing in the market is the best choice for me, then just go back and revisit those questions and say, do those answers still hold true? So for myself, I invest in the market because it is the the um, it has statistically, historically been the greatest wealth generator of all time. It is a way for me to participate in the growth of our economy, of the global economy, which has historically produced six to seven percent inflation adjusted returns. That means regardless of the years, like, you know, this past year where we had seven percent inflation, forget about including that those numbers and, you know, hyperinflation of the 70s, including that it has returned a real return of six to seven percent since 1900, which there's nothing else out there that, you know, has steadily done that. There are, you know, real estate, I think it's three to four percent on average, Mm -hmm. but you have lots of issues with, you know, local areas that completely bomb. But if you invested in the S&P 500, which has a track record going back to slightly before uh, 1900, uh, which has been, you know, was created by the Dow Jones and, you know, uh, Wall Street Journal. They, they, they've been tracking this. They created the index and now you can invest in that index. It has grown. And because it is an index and it gets rebalanced and the losers get removed and the win- new winners get added, it's kind of the best, you know, do-it-yourself investment because it will always grow over time. It has historically. Now, something may change that in the future. So if something leads me to believe that the, you know, the future will not look like the past in that regard, I may pull my money out. But until that changes, until something says that the top 500 companies in the United States are not the best place to put my money, I'm going to keep putting my money there. Right. We're talk- yes, we're talking with Libel Sternbach and we're talking about anxiety and dealing with it in the marketplace today. So based on what you're saying, am I reading this correctly, that you you don't have that much concern because of the history of the marketplace and the state of the economy? You believe that it will recover because the track record says that's what it does? So we have the track record says that, you know, these types of bumps, you know, bumps happen regularly. Um, So as long as the track record, as long as the fundamentals that got us to today haven't changed, right? So we are still, you know, a a democratic republic. We are still, you know, uh, considered to be the world leader, the freest country. We're still, you know, have an economy that is growing. We're still considered, you know, you know, to be a source of innovation, as long as those things remain true, our economy should continue to grow. And there's nothing that would lead me to believe that, you know, our, the, that our, our gross domestic product is going to shrink. Now, that is, you know, the reason why I invest in, you know, the S&P 500. Now, my reasons for investing in the other financial decisions that lead me to say, you know, this is how much money I should have in the market. This is how much equity and exposure I should have, right? Each of those decisions need to be visited. And I may say, well, you know what? Maybe I'll take a little bit off of the market or maybe I'll invest a little bit more in my international than my domestic equity, my US equity. That might happen, right? But my global outlook, my outlook for our future is gonna remain the same, right? Because our fundamentals 
our sound as a country. And so I like to take that step back and say, did our fundamentals really change? I mean, I get the fact that everyone's talking about things on the news. I talk about, I get that the Fed is talking about raising interest rates. I talk, you know, I, I get that, you know, whatever's happening is happening. And, you know, I'm in, intentionally being vague because it doesn't really matter what's happening. There's always going to be news. I mean, that's the job of the news is to create news. Right. Um, so as long as there, you know, the real question is, is does any of the news really impact us? Like, I mean, if Mexico decided to invade, that would be, you know, something to consider. If Canada decided to go to war with us, then we can revisit and say, well, you know what, is the U.S. really going to continue growing? Uh, maybe there's a fundamental change there, right? But yeah, that, that, until that there's a fundamental a, change. That really would be a fundamental change if those yeah. uh, things did did take place. We're just about out of time for this segment, but I've got a question, really quick question for you. Um, with cryptocurrency, is that changing our marketplace? Bitcoin, I heard Mark Cuban say, don't invest more than you can stand to lose because he's been losing every day. What would you say? <laughs> um, so crypto is crypto is a great question. Um, I think that I think that as an average investor, it is not a place to invest. I think if you I think if you invest, it's uh, what would we call a speculative investment. So if you've got a few percent that you can afford to lose 100% of your investment then, and you feel a need to or a desire to go play and gamble, then go do that. But right now it is a speculative field. Mm -hmm. um, no, There's no saying who's going to be the winners and who's going to be the losers. So do not put your retirement money in crypto. Not at least, at least not a large portion of it. He's Libel Sternbach. He's on fire. We're talking about market anxiety. <laughs> Libel doesn't have very much anxiety talking about finances this week. <laughs> when we come back, we'll be talking about, I've got a question about gold. I've got a question about cash. And uh, we may even take a couple of questions from our listeners. It's Libel on Fire. I'm Freddie Bell. And we're talking about making you feel better about your finances and dealing with the marketplace. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to this episode of Libel on Fire. If you have questions about today's topic, please submit them on our Facebook group at libelonfire.com slash Facebook. And if you would like a free signed copy of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity, visit libelonfire.com. Now, back to Libel on Fire. Welcome back to Libel on Fire. We're talking with the best-selling author, Mr. Libel Sternbach. You've seen him on CNN Business and Investment News and Market Watch, and we've got him right here. And we're talking about market anxiety. And you said something really pivotal at the beginning of our conversation this week. You said, as long as we have children and we keep having children, things are generally going to be okay. Uh, you gave me solace and an also... <laughs> A great laugh. But I'm also curious, Libel, as we talk about how we take the uncertainty out of the marketplace and uh, we get ready to take care of the ups and downs and navigate through all of that. Uh, is gold a good investment for us? I know years ago, maybe 30 years ago, I heard that there was the investment. It was the creme de la creme. What do you say? So again, Every decision we make needs to be based in facts and logic. It needs to be based on evidence. Um, we can't, you know, just because something was one way or just because we feel it's a certain way doesn't make it true. Uh, so gold had a 
has always had a certain allure. Um, and it historically, it has kept our currency and it actually held back the growth of the United States for a very long time. Um, but it, it has been something that has been solid. It's you, you have a piece of gold and you know that people will value it everywhere. Um, one, because it's rare, right? But also because people have chosen to value it around the world. Um, when we talk about gold and you look at it historically, gold, once we got off of the gold standard, and so we, what that means is our currency used to be tied to the value of gold. And so yeah, every country had gold and they stored it and they hoarded it because that was the value of the, of the country. And it was, if they needed to go to war, they needed to buy goods from another country. They had to exchange it with something that was worth something to that other country or something that was worth something to people who had fears that the country would no longer exist. So you paid them with gold. Um, when it, when we um, stopped tying the dollar to the value of gold, to how much gold that the United States had in its uh, in in our vaults. When that stopped happening and our currency became tied to our gross domestic product, and really it's people's perception of the United States um, and our economic output and our economic value. So once gold stopped having that intrinsic value of the United States is worth a certain amount of money, the value of gold kind of flatlined and it's increased over time. It's increased with inflation. It has increased based on demand. There are times when inflation is high that people turn back to that kind of caveman instinct of gold is safety. Gold is something that I can rely on. And it really goes back to that. We want to feel protected. We want to know that no matter what happens, our essentials are protected. And there's nothing more protective of knowing that we're going to be able to put food on the table than knowing that even if our country's currency disappears tomorrow, we have something to buy food with. Uh, so people turn to gold, some people turn to diamonds, and they hoard those hard currencies in their in their physical possessions. In the United States, we've kind of moved a little bit away from that because it's been a long time mm -hmm. since the value of the U.S. dollar has lost so much value. Uh, we had a hyperinflation in the 70s, and if you look at the value of gold, it kind of skyrocketed during that period, but then it came back down. So when you look at it historically as a protection against market volatility, as a protection against inflation, it's not really a great place to put your money. However, um, we, you know, um, there, there was recently a, a discussion, um, one of uh, the, the groups I'm on with uh, financial advisors, where someone was dealing with a client from Iran. Uh, they ran away, away from Iran and the inflation that's happening right now was really bothering them. And they they wanted to, they were asking their financial advisor about gold and whether they should get gold. And my advice was, it might not be a bad idea because someone from Iran, they've experienced multiple periods of hyperinflation. They've experienced a regime change where their currency disappeared, not just once, but twice, actually three times in the last hundred years. That's a very, that's a lot of change in a very short period of time. And so to them, the risk, the psychological and the emotional um, fear and risk that the United States uh, will disappear one day and that their money will be valueless, that is, uh, um, 
the level of fear that they experience on that is disproportionate to what me and you would feel on a regular basis. Me and you take it for granted that the United States will always exist, mm-hmm. right? Or that it will at least exist for our lifetimes and our children's lifetimes and probably our grandchildren's lifetimes. And we don't really care past that. They can figure it out. <laughs> but for somebody who watched their country, you know, you know, multiple regime changes and they've run away from their own country, right? that is a very real fear for them. Same thing, you know, people from South America where they, you know, Venezuela and multiple other countries where you know, have hyperinflation. I mean, Venezuela is like over 2 million percent inflation in the last two years. Oh, my. Yeah, I mean, it's it's insane. So to them, having a hard currency, having something that they know is changeable is extremely important. And so when it comes back to it, right, the question really is, is what makes you feel safe, right? I keep coming back to this. It's it's you. You got to ask yourself that question, because until you feel safe, you're not going to be able to make rational choices. So to me, it's like, okay, you want to put $10,000 in gold because that will let you make sound decisions and your other, you know, 50,000, your other 100,000, your other million. Go ahead and do that, right? So well, well, what do I care? So what about cash? How do, is cash, is your answer, would your answer be the same thing about cash? My So my answer would be similar for cash, but not as much. So cash loses value just holding on to it. Whereas gold, you know, the value of gold will probably always increase with inflation. And it might even increase more because it's a rare earth metal uh, and it's used in electronics. It has uses, whereas paper money has no real use other than to exchange for services. So your value, and we have inflation, which the Federal Reserve, right, and every central bank of every major government is tar- is targeting inflation because that's how we drive our consumer society, is by encouraging people to borrow money, to buy things they can't afford and pay it back with money that's worth less than what they originally had. Um, and we kind of create this weird debt cycle um, because it, grows our economy and it's good for everybody. But the downside of that is, is that you, you have cash, you know, the cold, hard cash in your freezer, (laughs) it's losing value. Um, So you need it to grow value at a minimum, which if you want to, if you feel the need to hold cash, if it's, and again, and if your need to hold cash is not because you're afraid that like a run on the banks or that you won't be able to pull it out, as long as that's not your fear and your fear is like, oh, I don't want to be invested in the market. Then there are other safer alternatives, like uh, things called TIPS, which are Treasury inflated inflation protected securities, where the federal government will give you this bond that's tied to inflation rates. So you're always guaranteed to get a little bit of interest and be protected from inflation. So that's a better alternative than holding cash. Is that different from a Treasury bond? It is a type of treasury bond. Uh, mm-hmm. So treasury bond is like a general term. And then, the you know, the, the treasury will auction off these bonds. And, you know, basically, it, whoever bids the least amount of money will, uh, you know, the, the lowest interest rate wins that bid. Uh, so tips is something that consumers can buy directly. They're not sold at auction. And they're, the, the interest rate on them is tied to inflation. So you're always kind of guaranteed to at least match inflation. Everybody, we're talking with Libel Sternbach. We only have about four minutes left in our program this week. But I'm just wondering, what is a, a good, uh, I'm going to say prescription. You're a doctor this weekend. So what is <laughs> a good prescription to make sure that our portfolio is maximized 
to take care of us in the current market as well as uh, markets to come, years to come, what what would you suggest? So number one, make sure that you have a good investment policy statement. You want to have a document that you look to that says, this is how I'm invested. This is why I am invested. These are the decisions, the 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 considerations that I made that led me to this decision. And it tells you when to exit the market and when it to exit the market. And those are those are questions that you should have answered when you were calm and the market wasn't volatile and you were of sound mind, right? This is your letter to yourself to tell you this is what we're doing and why we're doing it. And, you know, kind of write it to yourself as in this moment of panic, what do I do? So have an investment policy statement. Number two, make sure your needs are always protected because that'll help you stick to your investment policy statement and make sure you follow that. Um, And then number three, make sure that if you are taking money out of your portfolio, if you're in retirement and you're relying on that income, uh, those investments for retirement, that you have a plan so that you're not taking money out when the market is down. Because if you're taking money out when the market is down, you are compounding your losses. And that is a very big danger for retirees. Uh, The other thing is look for ways that you can take advantage when the market is down. Because when when your pieces are protected, then you can look at it as an opportunity. And there are lots of opportunities. Leibold Sternbach with us this weekend. And you mentioned the word panic earlier. Is there ever a good time to panic? And I mean that seriously. I don't think there's ever a good time to panic other than if you don't have a plan, then panic and get a plan. <laughs> um, but you exactly. panic, but, but listen to your panic, right? Because panic t- is telling you that you're scared of something and realize what it is that is making you panic and then figure out how to protect yourself so you don't panic in the future. Leibel Sternbach with us this weekend. Now, is it, talk about the market's uh, volatility. We only have a couple of minutes left. Is there a good time to, to take advantage of, of the volatility, or is it always something to be concerned with? I know that's a loaded question, but how would you answer that? We only have a couple of minutes left. So volatility is something that I look forward to. I love volatility. I've actually hated, really? you know, yeah. The, the last 10 years have been... Uh, I shouldn't say last 10 years, but yeah, the quantitative easing came around. So 2008, market crash, central banks start pumping money into the economy um, and into the stock markets. And it kind of made the stock markets go flat, um, which makes it very hard for there to be, there's very little opportunity in the markets when the market is flat. Everyone can make money kind of just by holding on, but there is no real opportunity to outperform the market. There's no real opportunity to be able to uh, reduce that volatility because all the normal signals are kind of getting distorted. So when there is volatility, there is opportunity. But you need to be set up for, you need to be able to, you need to be set up to be able to experience that that opportunity. Because if that volatility makes your heart palpitate and it looks like your heartbeat, then that is not a good thing, right? You should get out of the market and figure out a better way to be in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, you should look at that and go, oh, that is awesome. I keep writing this up. My, my value keeps going up. I know when it goes up, I get opportunity. And when it goes down, I get opportunity. And I am making money. And it, doesn't really affect you in except that you're making money. 
Um, and you need to get to that place. And that means having a sound investment policy statement. It means investing for the right reasons. It means protecting your downside. It means knowing what it takes to feel safe and secure so that you can look at it as a very fun game to invest in and not as something that gives you heart palpitations every time that you turn on the news. You sum that up much better than I ever could, Libel. Thank you so much. He is the author of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity, Libel Sternbach libel on fire. I'm Freddie Bell. Join us again next time. That's all the time we have for this episode of Libel on Fire, the financial independence and retirement show dedicated to helping you build the life of your dreams. If you have questions about today's topic, please submit them in our Facebook group at libelonfire.com slash Facebook. And if you would like a free copy of Libel's book, Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity, visit libelonfire.com. Thanks for listening. Koppel Advisory Solutions is an SEC-registered investment advisor and only transacts business in states where the firm is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration as an investment advisor is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. All investment strategies can result in profit or loss. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Discussion should not be construed as any offer to buy or sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell the investments mentioned. Annuity guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Content should not be viewed as legal or tax advice. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation.